0: It's time for Heat Wave Sports. Sit back and relax as you take a tour around the world of sports each and every Saturday and Sunday night. And now, your hosts for Heat Wave Sports, Tim Unglesby and Tom Barton. Hour number
1: two, Heat Wave Sports Sunday night. Tim Mugglesby, Tom Barton with you every Saturday and Sunday at 10 o'clock right here on Fox Sports Radio Las Vegas. That's 98.9 FM, 1340 AM. Over on Twitter, at Tom Barton Sports, at Sports, And we're going to talk Major League Baseball as opening day is Thursday. That's April the 1st. No April Fool's joke. It is time to have a full Major League Baseball season. And, Tom, the first pitch looks like it'll be Garrett Cole throwing – Thursday morning all the way until the last pitch. This game will start past 10 o'clock your time when Marco Gonzalez takes the hill for the Mariners. So a full slate of baseball this Thursday.
0: I cannot wait to watch Jared Kellnick. Oh, I mean, oh, yeah. no. Yeah. <laughs> I will watch uh, every pitch of uh, at least one game. That, that's the cool thing. I got the package, you know. Um, I'll have my uh, like my three TVs, my laptop, uh, my phone, all going. I'll try mm-hmm. to catch as many games as I possibly can. But I will tell you this: first pitch is at one uh, o'clock my time. Last pitch uh, or last out should be right around one o'clock p.m. I talked about twelve hours in the sports book plus on March Madness. This will absolutely be twelve hours uh, if I'm sitting at home. Which I probably won't probably I'll probably go to the bar for a little while, um at least the day games, but no matter what, I'm gonna be watching baseball for twelve hours Thursday
1: now, shouldn't this be considered and I know over the years we've seen how they they tried to go traditional and they used to have okay, well, Cincinnati used to always have the one game right, and then they would do it on a Sunday, but it seems like they got away from for us it was always. Opening day should be everybody playing, not split over two days. You know, let everybody play. And um, shouldn't it be considered like a national holiday?
0: Absolutely. And it should be on a Saturday. I mean, let's just yes. be honest, Major League Baseball. You know, yeah. not only do you have all of your games, it's opening day, here you go, let, 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 let's get it ripped, let's get it going. You also have every ace on the mound. You know what I mean? Like. It should be a Saturday. Now, they don't do Saturday because it is going to be the Final Four. I understand why they don't. And then the next day would be Sunday would be Easter. So people would kind of like not watch. I So I get why they don't do it. Uh, but it should be on a Saturday.
1: You know, Tommy, Ron, our old, our old castmate, Ron Natty, we used to, I used to live with him for for a good amount of years. I think it was three, uh, close to five years. And we would always go to the Orleans and we would sit in this little lounge, right? When you walk in the front door, there's a little lounge on the left-hand side where they have bands play at night. Well, it's empty during the day, and they would put the baseball games on in there. And, you know, there'd be a handful of us in there. They have this hot dog cart over by the sports book. The dogs were, I think, were like a dollar. I don't know. It's the, the greatest dollar hot dog ever. We'd sit there from, from the 10 a.m. game to about 4 o'clock, and we would just eat hot dogs, and, and, you know, he would drink, of course, and, you know, it was fun. So is there a preferred diet for you on opening day or is it just whatever
0: well honestly here's the thing no usually i i get my jersey on I, i wear the same jersey every opening day that is my jimmy key jersey number 22 yankees yes jimmy key it's not roger clemens okay Everybody goes, oh, it's Clemens, 22. <laughs> yeah, it was Homer Bush for a while, too, and it's not Homer Bush either. So it's my Jimmy Key right. jersey because I do go back all the way back to the mid-'90s. <laughs> as a matter of fact, I go back to the mid-'80s, but they don't fit me anymore. So I wear my Jimmy Key jersey. I take <laughs> out my glove. I always try to, you know, if, even when my son was about one years old, I always try to kind of have a catch with him. You know, I, I, I get into the baseball spirit. As far as food goes, you know, look, I'm not going to be sitting here and telling you that the beers won't be flowing, okay? The yeah. beers will absolutely be flowing. Um, but I, 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 am not a bad eater, but now I'm in the middle of going through a little mini diet here, but when I diet, all I do is kind of cut my stuff off. Tim, I'm a, I'm a weird eater, meaning I'm unintentionally healthy and then unintentionally not healthy. Let me explain. I don't like fried foods. I don't like butter. I don't like grease. I don't generally like candy and I don't drink soda. Why? Cause I just don't like it. But I also don't like vegetables, Tim, at all. No vegetables yes. whatsoever. Right, so I'm an unintentionally bad eater as well. Um, I, it sounds like a burger kind of day. I might fire up the grill. I'm a big grill guy. Sounds like a burger kind of day. Maybe a hot dog, but you can't replicate a a, a ballpark hot dog. So that's always just just a weird one. What about you? What's your? Because I know, look, you're not a drinker. You know, I will have my uh, my beers flowing. You're not a drinker, but I do know that you like a, a good good sloppy meal what, what's your meal of the day yeah. for for baseball
1: I, I think i think it's going to be the, the burger route i like that route if it's not burger it's definitely pizza and, and of course you have to have the the salty greasy chips you know laying around for you you know you're, you're looking at 12 hours of baseball here so there's a uh, plenty plenty of eats that are going around there and um you know what's funny I'm not a drinker you're right I'll have the coke zero out and the water and you know be plenty of trips to the bathroom but hey man it's it's a day to just to not to do anything and and here's the best part Tom the kids are on spring break you don't have to leave to go pick anybody up they can go do whatever they want upstairs and they'll leave me alone that's the, that's the perfect perfect day
0: right there <laughs> yeah seriously that is it's funny because my daughter still has to go to school on Tuesday but but she's done and she's done for the they got a weird thing going on I'm like wait a minute Oh, I get to actually watch all the games on, on Thursday. This is going to be great. Let me ask you, though, Tim, how much are you going to be betting on the games? Because I tend to find – I a little, I, I go a little crazy on opening day. Now, my rule for all sports at TomBartonsports.com, I'll tell you that I have, you know, my rule for all sports. I am a terrible out-of-the-gate. NFL, first three weeks, always my first three weeks. Hockey, look, I, I'll crush hockey. I'll get crushed in the first week, you know. I know that. Major League Baseball, though – I might have a rough time getting out of the gates the first week or so, but that first day is usually phenomenal. I'm a guy that likes starting pitching. I make a lot of my bets on well-pitched games, unders. I like that. That's first five-inning unders. That's games that I kind of like, so I gravitate towards the big name, the big aces on the mound, ace against ace. Opening day, I'm usually in-gaming it. I'm doing player props. I'm playing a couple of daily fantasy games. I go absolutely nuts betting on opening day, but almost every single year I'm smiling at the end.
1: And you know, it's funny for everybody listening. They know that we've done this for a decade now together. It was on my note sheet that I was going to ask you about opening day and, and where the wagers at. So it kind of just shows you that we're two peas in a pod for me. And you tell me, right. I've been doing this a long time as well. I'm, I'm obviously, I'm not the caliber of Tom Barton and Tom Barton sports, but this is my philosophy with opening day, especially, uh, Obviously, there's parlays involved because that's just what I do. But <laughs> when I'm looking, at, when I'm looking at straight bets, right? Uh, I'm a big starting pitching guy as well. You know that I look at what that pitcher's done his last couple spring starts. How long did he stretch out? How long did he? How many pitches did he throw? And, and you know, I kind of look at where the value is there. But I also look at the big dogs for the day. I think when you start the season fresh, oh yeah, it, it's it's a brand new game. You always look at overvalued pitchers. I mean. Opening day. Um, what what's the line? Is it the, is it the Dodgers are a four dollar favorite? Is that correct?
0: Oh yes, they are. Yep. And so, Kershaw, so why not throw a
1: little bit on that dog, right?
0: Tim Kershaw traditionally struggles in Colorado. Traditionally yes. struggles in Colorado.
1: I'm not saying bet the mortgage on, on on the Rockies, but hey, why not put a little bit on there? Because even if he pitches well chances are he's not going to go nine, you know, he's older now, right, Tommy? So, you know, six, seven innings, you go to the pen, anything can happen at that point.
0: I see a lot of people backing up on Shane Bieber. He's going to be three and a half, 375. Detroit's at home. Matthew Boyd strikes a lot of guys out. Are the Tigers a team that you're looking at?
1: That's a little tougher, but... You know, why not? Why not just a little bit? I, I look at it more like w- when it's a fresh slate, everybody's excited. You go out there, you're zero and zero. It's a great opportunity. You know, I bet the Orioles for years, opening day, because they are always, for a stretch there, they were so bad. But, you know, they always found a way to win on opening day for some reason. And, um, you know, it's just, I like to follow those kind of trends. And if I see the lines too inflated, look, this is this is April 1st, right, Tom? This isn't July 15th where... These teams are, are already in their chemistries flowing. Anything can happen. I like to just play around a little bit. But I also look for favorites that I think are, are um, decently valued. And, and there's some. I'm looking at a couple right now. I haven't completely solidified my card, but I think there's some value there on opening day for sure.
0: Tim, this is how connected we are, and this is, this is going to sound so bad, but this is how connected we are. You try to pick a random date in the middle of the summer, you pick my birthday. Yeah, of course,
1: <laughs> right? Yeah, look, <laughs> I, I-, I also know that –
0: yeah, I'm looking at opening day, right? I'm looking at Garrett Cole um, with the new uh, you know, ball that's supposed to be less home runs. That was Garrett Cole's big problem, but he does get off to slow starts. Garrett Cole's probably going to be an inflated number, even though I sort of like it, right? You go down the list, like I said, um, Kyle Hendricks at home, fantastic. Kyle Hendricks at home, right, let me just give you guys a little insight. Over the last three years, he's got about a two and a half ERA in Wrigley. Over the last five years, he's got about a two ERA against the Pirates. I like Kyle Hendricks at home. I think Nola against Max Fried screams under first five innings all day long. All day long. I sort of like Madison Bumgarner as a huge underdog. I don't buy into you Darvish's year last year. San Diego's got a lot of pressure on them. Bumgarner's look good. I kind of like Bumgarner a little bit. You go down Jack Flaherty, Luis Castillo. How do you not take first five under in a game like that? Um... I, I think the Marlins at home. Glasnow is a big name now. All of a sudden, Marlins at home. Sandy Alcantara plus money. Kind of looking at that. DeGrom and Scherza might be nothing, nothing after five innings, right? And then yep. I, I'm, I'm kind of looking at your Dylan Bundy here, Tim, and this is why I wanted to talk to you about it. Giolito's fantastic. Giolito will be in the Cy Young race. Giolito's great. The White Sox are everything. They just lost Eloy Jimenez. They have a lot of pressure. Angels all of a sudden, want to get you know, look. They they want to get Pool hulse into the playoffs. They want to get Trout into the playoffs. Bundy looks good. He's a big dog. So I threw out some big dogs there, you know, and a couple of unders. That's kind of the, how my day's going to go. I don't really see myself going on too many of these favorites. I, I
1: have I have the Angels circled, and, and not because I'm a fan. I look at it more. I think that the value with the way the White Sox are hyped up. And granted, you know, they they're going to be a really good team. We know that, but I think they're. A little bit overvalued there. And Bundy, Tommy, I've been a big-time favorite of Bundy since he's with the Orioles. I think there's something there that he just hasn't fully maxed out yet. And, unfortunately, I don't know if we ever see it. But guess what? This is a contract year for him. I expect big things from Dylan Bundy this year. And I definitely have them circled already on my card for for Thursday.
0: Yeah. So I think we're in the same kind of mindset here. Uh, I'm looking at – obviously, my card will be massively reduced. I'm looking at one favorite – Three underdogs and three unders.
1: Yeah. I think it's going to be a good day. Let's look at the National League Central, Tom. We both know pretty much we have a feeling which way this is going to go, but we'll start in Chicago with the Cubbies, David Ross, year number two. And last year the Cubs won the Central and then were bounced right out of the playoffs in the first game. And uh, when you look at the Cubs this year, you just mentioned it. opening day, Kyle Hendricks will tow the rubber. They bring Jake Arrieta back, Tom, for that rotation. Zach Davies, another veteran. Those are your your top three guns there. Uh, the bullpen it looks like it was depleted a little bit in the mid-setup range. But you have Kimbrel back there. I don't know what you're going to get out of him this year. We'll see full-time season. But when you look at the Cubs overall, right, Tom, obviously there, there's uh, some, the big names are there in Rizzo and Bryant and, and the powers there. Where do you see the downfalls of the Chicago Cubs this year?
0: I think that they're a team that uh, you, you know they have depth, but they don't have good depth. Yeah, right. I mean, that's really what it was, what it is. They have they have some starting pitching, but how good are they going to be? They don't have elite superstars, and I know Cub fans start dialing the number, right 876 40. but they just don't. Chris Bryant is no longer an elite superstar. Uh, Anthony Rizzo at this point in his career is no longer an elite superstar. Baez is no longer a, the MVP superstar. They are all, you know, very good number two guys. They're starting pitcher. I love Kyle Hendricks. You know that I've liked him for a very long time. He's a number two. He's not an ace. Their bullpen. They're trying to squeeze something out of Kerry Kimbrell. He's got as much potential to blow up and lose the job by the end of April as he does to hold on to the job and, uh, you know, have 35 days. I love the fact they throw in 98. Uh, you know, again, that's great. Well, let's see how long that lasts. I don't like Rowan Wick being the the guy leading into him. You know, that doesn't inspire confidence to me. And then you have the idea that there are trade rumors swirling around. So while I do like the Ian Haps, they also set Nico Horner down and they have David Bode playing second base. They're They're seemingly a team that is saying we're not really trying to win this year, but we also don't want to throw this thing away. They're, they're a team that, to me, has their eyes and going, look, let's make a good push, but I don't think we're doing much. And the team feels that. The team knows that. They know that that's who they are, and that bleeds into it. So, I mean, the Cubs are are dangerous enough, that and a regular season-wise, dangerous enough for the regular season to push for a division, sure, but they're not a real threat to win a World Series this year, Tim. As a matter of fact, I think they're more of a threat to just blow this whole thing up.
1: That's, that's the question I was going to bring to you. If, if come trade deadline time, they're out of it, I think you see Chris Bryant wearing a different uniform.
0: I think he's already out of town. It's just a matter of where does he land. you know. And, and I also wouldn't be surprised to see Contreras out of town as well. There, there's been a lot of rumors of him going. Um, I, the Cubs might get into a position where they blow the whole thing up. Lucky for them, they're in a very, very weak division. So maybe it's going to be a tough decision and i do expect that i expect by the trade deadline ho- hovering around the trade deadline that the cubs are in contention and they're going to have to make some hard decisions
1: yeah it's a, it's a tough spot to be in right tom you're good enough to contend you're not good enough to win when do you blow it up and piss off the fan base because if you're sitting four or five games out of a playoff spot in in july do you go for it, or do you, do you scale back? And, and you know if you scale back, all hell is going to break loose in the Windy City.
0: And let's also remember, oh, by the way, that they just have a bad farm system. It's not even mediocre. Right. I mean, it's one of the worst farm systems there. And their they're good farm system hands, their good guys in the farm system are pretty far away. Now, I know you have Brendan Davis and you have a couple of guys, but generally speaking, their good farm system guys are, are not close. So... To me, it is blow it up time. Um, I think it's a perfect time to do it. I would do it early rather than late. And don't give your fan base that hope of this year. Hey, look, you know what? COVID set us back. Let's blow this thing up. Don't worry about it next year. We're going to go out there where we're going to look better. And if you make, see, I think we're in a generation, Tim, that it's not the fan base losing their minds like it used to be. I think we're in a smarter generation, a smarter day and age with social media and everything else, where if you do trade a Chris Bryant, but you get minor leaguers back that people understand, oh wow, you know what? These are organ th- these are organizational changing kind of guys. Man, oh wow, this is fantastic. I think people are smart about it. I just talked to Carlos Bayerga this morning, okay, um, about the Indians trade and getting rid of Lindor. And and I, I kind of asked him, he works for the Cleveland Indians now. I kind of asked him behind the scenes a little bit, you know, how upset a Cleveland fans? And generally his reaction was, you know what, they're not that bad. They kind of saw it happening, and they really do like the return that we got. They think Jimenez is very good, and they think Rosario could be a piece. And I think that's where we're we're at. So if the Cubs decided to don't do things, you know, half you-know-what, right? Don't do things halfway. If you're going to blow it up, get rid of Bryant, Contreras, and, and Hendricks. You know, go get rid of three dudes, two, three guys that you could go and leverage for like five or six minor leaguers. Because if you go get five or six minor leagues, you're kind of hoping that two contribute. And that's fine. And the fan base will accept it. You just got to don't dip your toe in the water. Go full out.
1: Right. right. Let's move to Cincinnati. The Reds, David Bell, year three. So last year, Tom, you and I both had the Reds circled as uh, our surprise team. And we didn't get a full season to see what would have panned out through the 60 games. They did finish over 500, second place behind the Cubbies. They also bounced in the uh, first round of the playoffs. When you look at the Reds this year, Castillo and Gray, two top guns in the rotation. Um, I, I don't have as much excitement this year for for Cincinnati. Tell me why.
0: Yeah, me neither. Well, I think because they started getting rid of people, right? I, I mean, their closer is gone. I, I like Amir Garrett. I like him a lot, actually. But Raziel Inglasius is gone. Who was their number one pitcher last year, Tim?
1: That was the guy that's uh, wearing a uniform. You were your your guys right now.
0: (laughs) You know, gone. I mean, you have just they they just had Exodus, and Cincinnati is in a position. Yeah, Cincinnati is in a position where their number one is gone. Their number one ace is gone. Their number one closer is gone. Um, It wouldn't surprise me if Luis Castillo was going to be gone. I I actually think he will be traded. Sonny Gray kind of wants out of town. Uh, You you have you know Joey Votto on the decline of his career. Uh, Aguino Suarez coming down from a bad year. It, it's just, it shouldn't be the excitement that we had last year. We liked them last year because we thought they were flying under the radar. Now, all of a sudden, they're not flying under any radar. To me, what they're flying under, they're an under-500 team.
1: You know, the problem that I saw as well, because we were excited about, well, Nick Senzel's going to be there, right? And Aquino, and we're going to see the Youngs, Winkler, they they didn't they all didn't really perform well last year Tom that was a problem and you know it's hard to say well they're going to bounce back we don't know that they didn't even perform in, in limited time that they had last year now you're going to stretch this out to a season that's almost three times as long as the one they played you know it's it's hard to make those judgments but but come July if the, if the kids are hitting that's a team that you could see possibly making some moves as well
0: I I actually think that they're going to deal I, I do I think that Castillo will be gone Sonny Gray will be gone. And that, that's a shame, but that's where I think uh, Cincinnati. This, most of this division is going to be selling off. But you have to go out there and think about what they can get for a Sonny Gray come the trade deadline. What can they get for a Luis Castillo come the trade deadline? Think about a team like the Yankees. What would the Yankees offer for a Luis Castillo if Kluber isn't working out, right? Or if Tyon right. is not working out. The Yankees are going to offer the world. And that's where you start the negotiations. Okay, the world and what? And they're going to be able to do it. I think Cincinnati is just going to get offers that they cannot refuse.
1: Milwaukee, Craig Council, year number seven for Craig Council. They made the playoffs the last three years, Tommy, and the Brewers off season, They bring in Jackie Bradley Jr. out of Boston. They bring in Colton Wong. When you look at the Brewers, where do you have them finishing?
0: Ugh. That's not me yawning because <laughs> it's 2.30 in the morning, Tim. The Brews are uninspiring. They still don't have starting pitching. Who's their ace, Tim?
1: Woodruff. Uh, okay.
0: I like, yeah. I, I, like yeah, I like him. I, I like him. Yeah, like I like him, too. I like him. Yeah, He's fine. If Freddie Peralta comes around, maybe he's okay. I don't think they have uh, enough of that starting pitching to get through 162. I, I don't think so. Their back end of the bullpen is phenomenal. Phenomenal. I don't love the transition of euro to first base, bringing in that second baseman, kind of make mixing and matching and hoping things work. I think Milwaukee will be right there again. They'll be a competitive team. But Milwaukee doesn't strike fear in me. as a, it, Forget about a World Series. They don't strike fear in me when I'm overall looking at this team. I think they're missing just a little bit too much. They're missing just one piece here or there, and they didn't go make the, the necessary moves to go make that adjustment. Jackie Bradley Jr., isn't the adjustment that they needed
1: when I when I look at the lineup, uh, you know, obviously Yelich is there, but I, I'm missing that that big big power guy they're used to seeing in there in the meat of the lineup. And I'm not talking about Travis Shaw or hoping that Daniel Vogelback becomes that guy, right, Tom? You know, they, they're just missing, you're right. They're
0: stacked. By the way, have you seen him? He looks like the Rock in the offseason.
1: He, he did look like he's uh, been pumping a little a little iron. I I don't know. You know, I, I think they need. You're right, they're missing something. I don't even know how to describe it. To me, it's another big bat, but uh, we'll see, you know. But you're right, they are rather uninteresting. And, and when you really look at this line uh, rotation, yeah, a lot of question marks there, man.
0: Yeah, yes, there are. How
1: about this one? Yeah, I know you do a lot of radio in Pittsburgh and Derek Shelton, year two. You know, last year was an atrocity, 19 wins. But look, it's 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 the pirates, and I'm I'm looking at this lineup, Tom, and I you know I'm struggling to find sixty wins, sixty five wins here. I, I don't understand. I know there's a lot of youth coming through the pipe system, but I've been saying that for ten years.
0: They always have youth, and then the youth goes <laughs> and plays on the Yankees. Garrett Cole and Tayaan. Yeah. Right. I mean, Cole and Tyon were, the, were on top of that rotation when I was doing radio in Pittsburgh. Are we kidding ourselves? Um, so, yeah, I like Nick Gonzalez coming up. I like Brian Hayes. Yeah, sure. They got a couple of interesting pieces. I think they have some bullpen pieces. Um, uh, this kid, J.D. Brunker, yeah, I mean, they have some pieces, Tim, but they're still a basement dwelling team. They have no offense to speak of. They have to hope that everything goes right and everything goes right might make them not lose 100 games.
1: Yeah, so they, I have them penciled in at right around 100, and I don't think I'm going to be far off when it comes and says what? What do you? You know, you, like I said, you talk to a lot of people out there; they're just used to it, right, Tom? And, and you know, it's something that's it's, it's a shame that that's the way it is, but it, it's like hey, they want the owner? You know, gone. That, they that's not going to happen, gone though.
0: Bad. bad, yeah, no, it's not, no. But when yeah. when a franchise and a fan base starts turning on the owner. That's that'll give you a good insight to how well the team is being on yeah.
1: and here we go with our favorite St. Louis round out the central here we know the big deal in the offseason right Tom Nolan Arenado joins the lineup with, with Goldie DeJong, Dylan Carlson looks like he's going to get the, the nod in right field to start the year you know, everything points and I haven't even got to the rotation I'll let you talk about it everything points that this should be the team that wins the central uh, talk me out of that
0: I can't do it, Tim. I already put money on it. I, I gave it as my best bet of the week today <laughs> at Sports Garden uh, you know, Network, my Sports Garden Network Want to Bet show this morning. I, I love the gardens uh, And they're plus money, by the way. You can still get them at about plus 110. this is a team that I don't think people are giving Nolan Arro the credit for who he is. Nolan Arenado is a guy that walks onto this team as one of the top 10 best players in baseball. Do you hear that thrown around a lot, Tim? No. We're all infatuated with Tatis and Soto and and, uh, Acuna, guys that have done this for a year or two. Arenado's done it for about a decade. And I don't want to hear about the Colorado stuff because a lot of his value comes from the defensive side. To me, this is exactly the player that St. Louis was missing. They have nice pieces. Goldschmidt is a nice piece. Look, he's a very good player. They have nice pieces. But it is Nolan Arenado... And Goldschmidt in the middle of that lineup, that strikes fear into pitchers. Yes, even at the age that they're at, it strikes fear into pitchers. I, I just don't understand why people are sleeping on this team. They have a true ace in Flaherty. Their two, three, four are pretty good. The back end of the bullpen can be phenomenal. It's going to be good at the very least. Hicks could be extremely good. The guy throws 100 miles per hour. Gallegos, on big on. Alex Reyes was a top prospect just a couple of years ago. Andrew Miller. I mean, I think there's no doubt they have one of the top three or four best bullpens in baseball. They could have the best. So you have a dynamic bullpen, a very good heart of the order, you know, with some underrated guys, by the way. A guy like Tommy Edmonds, very underrated. Very good defense, and I think that is an underrated aspect. And you have a true ace. Him, I think St. Louis is massively dangerous.
1: Yeah. True ace in Flaherty. Yeah, uh, Nicholas, who is an innings eater, we've seen that. I know he's going to start the, the year on the Yale, but the guy was eating innings up crazily two years ago. And then you go in the back half of your, your rotation, right, Tom? You're going to give me Adam Wainwright as your four and Carlos Martinez as your potential fifth. You know, it stacks up with uh, what we've talked about a lot so far with these previews are the lack of depth in the rotations that a lot of these teams have. When healthy, St. Louis is solid one through five.
0: Yeah, they really are. I mean, what Rain, Wainwright did last year was just fantastic. I mean, can we just stop for a minute and just applaud what Wainwright did last year? He, he revitalized his career for a lot of what we, we are talking about. This is what this guy did. And if you have Flaherty, I'm giving Flaherty a mulligan. If you have Flaherty and you look at this guy and you go, you know, give me the top 10 pitchers in baseball, he might be there. Give me, give you, give me Flaherty as a number one, Arenado, and Goldschmidt in the middle. They got complimentary role players, good manager. They're, St. Louis is that team that is a complete team no one's talking about. Tim, I sprinkled a little bit of World Series money on them. Now, I don't think they're going to get there, but I certainly sprinkled some. yep. Yeah.
1: So we both have the Cardinals. I don't have a wild card coming out of this division.
0: No, no, no. As a matter of fact, <laughs> I'll go, I'm going to make a bold prediction right now. Uh, I said I, I'm not into bold prediction, but I'm going to make a bold prediction right now that I think that the Cardinals win this division by 10 games. Oh, okay. And it's not because they're so much better. I, I think they probably only win about 90 games or so. I think that Pittsburgh is clearly not going to be anywhere near 500. I think the Reds are under 500 because they're going to sell off at the end of the year. I think the Cubs are under 500 because they're going to sell off at the end of the year, and I think Milwaukee's about the only competition I'm going to have to saying that that statement is wrong.
1: All right, let's mark it down. Cardinals double digit wins the division by double digits come the end of the year. Since we've wrapped up the National League, you want to give your Tommy your National League um, representative in the World Series.
0: Yeah, look, you know, I mean, Dodgers, Padres, Cardinals are in there. I do think Atlanta. I know I went with Miami. The Mets will be strong. To me, it comes down to this. I would love to take the Cardinals, and and I did sprinkle a shot on them. Uh, Just a personal bet. Don't go follow that. I, I took a little bit on them. I know everyone's staring at the Dodgers, and it's nearly impossible to go against L.A., Atlanta just looks like that team that that could potentially do it this year, Tim. And to go with chalk and go back to L.A., it it makes too much sense to do it. I don't like to take favorites. I don't love to go crazy on favorites. This team is just as stacked as I've ever seen a team. I do think Atlanta could be the team to knock them off, not San Diego. I do think they could knock them off. I do think injuries could derail the Dodgers. But I'm going chalk, Tim. I'm going boring. Give me the Dodgers.
1: I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I thought you were gonna go Atlanta, and that's that's the route I went. I, you know, they remember the playoffs, Tom. They remember blowing that lead. And if Charlie Morton still finds that fountain of youth that he's been living in, with, with him and Freed, Soroka back healthy, and Ian Anderson, who we saw come of age in the playoffs. I love it. I love their rotation. And like I said a couple weeks back, and I love – the re-signing of Azuna was huge for Atlanta. I like Riley a lot, Albies, of course, and, and you have Acuna Jr. And now Pache is going to start and left. I think the Braves. I love the Braves this year in the National League. I'm going to take the Braves for you. How about that?
0: Yeah. y'all Listen, I almost did it, right? I, I, I almost did it. I'm, I got them going seven. Right? I mean, it's going to seventh game. I, I do. I, I, I can't argue with you there. I think that people are sleeping on the Braves – but I'm telling you, if St. Louis makes a move, do not count this team out. Don't count them out. It's very possible that they that you know Flaherty becomes that number one again, and they make a move that really just just shocks people. St. Louis is that team that will go for it if they get close.
1: Yeah, we we they're 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 uh, the anti-establishment, right? They they show no fear in making a move if they think that they need to make a run in the title. And that's classic baseball. You talk about St. Louis, the Yankees, the Red Sox, right? Even the Dodgers, teams like that show that if there's an opportunity to make yourself better to go for the title, that's what they do, and that sets them apart. Um, and, Tim, remember, you know, we've been sitting,
0: they, they didn't trade any ahead. of their big prospects for Arenado. It is no, shocking.
1: We, we uh, publicly – publicly called out the Rockies for just being a hum- humiliation of a franchise for that. Uh, you know, when you when you look at the Braves, I think we've been calling them out the last couple of years as the team to watch. And I think last year, kind of like Tampa a few years back before that, they were, they were good enough to be there, but I don't think that they were ready to be there. I really do think they're ready now. Sometimes it takes blowing a, a lead like that to reinvigorate that team. And, and you know, they're all a year older. I don't know. It just feels good to me. And it feels good that, like you said, everybody's looking at the Dodgers because they're so good. You know, it kind of plays into my, my hand a little bit.
0: Yeah, look, I think you're going to get plus money with them. So might as well take a shot.
1: All right, let's take a quick timeout. We'll come back and finish this off with the American League East here on Heatwave Sports, Fox Sports Radio.
0: of the show, 876-1340, or text box to 69187 and your message. This is Heat Wave Sports on FOX Sports 1340.
1: All right, going to finish up tonight's show with the American League East. Just a quick programming note, as I just informed my co-host and, and my producer right now. Next week we're off. We have VGK, Vegas Gold Knights, Saturday night. And on Sunday, of course, it's Easter, so enjoy your week off from HeatWave Sports. We'll be back on the 10th of April with the Saturday Night Show, of course, talking about the tournament and who the champion is. We'll we'll break that all down for you in a couple weeks' time. But, Tom, the main event, the American League East. And uh, we're going to start with inalphabet. We went alphabetical every division, so here we go with the Orioles. Brandon Hyde, year number three. So 54 wins in year one. 25 last year on a 60-game schedule. So they were on pace to win about 65 games last year, which would have been an 11-game improvement. And, you know, all joking aside, when I sent you a I guess it was in January when they had that proposed Orioles starting lineup, and I said, if I didn't know, if this wasn't my team, I wouldn't know who the hell half these guys were. It, it's just, you know, it's it's crazy that most people don't even look at the Orioles because they don't know the names on the team. But this is, this is a product of, of Rebuild. This is really what happened. is a deep rebuild, and I think it's going in the right direction.
0: I do too. I, I like what the Orioles are doing, um, but I don't like the Orioles this year. Now, no. I, I think that they're gonna run into some wins because I, I do like some of the things that they're doing. But I also think that as an organization, they also realize it, it's not time to win. Look, Adley's not coming up, up right? Rushman's not coming up or at least he's not starting on the team. I think that'll tell you a little bit of, of something about what they feel. I think Trey Mancini, um, the story is great. People forget how good of a bat he is. I think Ryan Moncastle is going to be a good bat there. Uh, you look at some of the things that this team was, though, Tim, and they lose a little bit. In the long run, it's not going to hurt them, but Alberto Mond- uh, Mondesi is, is, is playing in Kansas City. and They're talking about, well, maybe, maybe he's going to play DH a little bit. Why? Uh, because the guy that's coming over from Baltimore, you know, he hits 300. Now he only steals eight bases and, and hits eight home runs a year, right? Uh, but he's a he's a guy that you look at and you go, yeah, I mean, if he's pushing a superstar, well, he he probably should have been there. He was in the middle of the lineup last year. He's gone. How about their first baseman, Renato Nunez last year, right? Nice little ball player. He's in Detroit. Didn't make Detroit squad. I get it, but he's in Detroit. That takes a little bit away from the team. You know, you, you start to go down the list and you go, I know they didn't have a lot working for them, but they did lose some players here, Tim, right? So I, I think it's a weak bullpen. I think they have good things coming up in the pipeline. But for this year, I, I don't see much with them because some of their good things, some of the good highlights that I liked last year, they're on different teams now. Hans Alberto, Ronaldo Nunez, not big names, but Tim, I like these guys. Yeah,
1: no, I, I agree. I think that the... The perception is that you're looking at Austin Hayes and DJ Stewart, and I know these names are foreign to some people, but you know you're looking at those guys to take the next step. Mancini, obviously coming off the the store, the, the health the health situation, you're looking for him to have a big year. Franco, uh, you know we liked Franco in Philadelphia. He just he was never able to put it all together. Maybe he has a, a better opportunity here. And, and you have the veterans. Santander is is a stat compiler. Freddie Galvis will get you. You know he's going to be solid there up the middle. Not by by any means these aren't all stars, but Tom, I think where I looked at it was the progression each year when you're getting ready for Adley and you're getting ready for Grayson Rodriguez to make this team. Those are their top prospects. The over under 64. I, I don't see him losing over 100 games. So for me. Maybe maybe it's a slight look. I don't know. I, I mean, it could go south quickly because the pitching is is not good.
0: No, it's not. I mean, I like you like John Means, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I think he's got a little something, but outside of that, the pitching is not good, and the bullpen worries me, Tim. That that's a big concern as well. The bullpen is just not a very good bullpen. Um, and when you look at that, they're going to lose some games late. I think they're going to be competitive. <clears throat> They're going to scare some teams. I think what it counts most, Tim, when you're looking at these teams and, and you're sitting back and you're talking about uh, August and September, maybe they start bringing up some of the young guys, they'll be a thorn in the side. But, Tim, they're an under 500 team. Do I think that they lose 100 games? Probably not. But will get they get close? Yeah, they're probably going to be pretty close.
1: A team that finished in dead last in the American League last year, the Boston Red Sox, and, and the cheater returns, and Alex Cora back as the manager, Tom. Your thoughts on Boston?
0: Everyone's telling me how bad of a team Boston's going to have this year, right? They're going to be atrocious. They're going to be terrible. 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 And I keep going, you know what? I don't think they're going to be terrible. I Look, I don't see them winning anything substantial, but I think 500 is probably a good number for them. Some of their – they're clearly in a rebuild, but some of their minor pickups – actually uh, are good pickups. I like Adam Atavino helping out on the back end of that rotation of that that bullpen, I should say. He might be the closer there. Maybe he won't be, but he's a good addition. They have some pieces to compete. I don't think it's all doom and gloom in Boston this year. It's certainly not going to be a a banner year, but anytime you can throw out Bogart to Devers, they're scary enough to push for a 500 record.
1: Last year's World Series runners-up, the Tampa Rays, Kevin Cash, year number seven. Now, Tom, when you look at Tampa, we we know Snell is gone. Glasnow will step into the proverbial number one slot in rotation. They bring in Michael Waka, Chris Archer back as a Ray. When, when you look at Tampa, you talk about changes to the team, but they're always changing, right? They're always bringing up the youth, Um what do, you, what do you see the, the Rays coming off a World Series appearance?
0: You know, I think they're going to be down a little bit. I think it was the perfect storm for them. I picked them last year, okay? I picked them to push the Yankees, get second in the division, and give, uh, you know, the Yankees a, a lot of headaches. I had Yankees against Tampa for the, uh, the World Series, right? To go to the World Series. I was very high on them. You lose a guy like Blake Snell in the manner that they lost him, that was a problem. I do think that this team, you know, is still going to be very good. But they had a lot of things go right for them, and they did lose minor guys. Losing a guy like Jose Alvarado, nobody cares about, all right, no big deal, Yeah, it's kind of a problem. They just lost Nick Anderson, who you could argue is a top-five talented arm in the back end of that bullpen. Maybe he doesn't get saves because they don't use traditional save kind of numbers. Losing Nick Anderson for a giant portion of the season hurts them. Everything went right for the Rays last year, and they got to where they were. I don't think everything goes right for them. They'll still be a good team, but another team Tim I have hovering just above 500
1: Toronto the Blue Jays the, the big offseason acquisitions for Toronto they they signed George Springer out of the free agent market they acquire Stephen Matts for the rotation Mark Semien now at second base to go along with with the youth right Tommy in, in Hernandez Gurriel and Biggio of course you have Peshet and Vladdy Jr They're going to score runs. We've talked about this already. They're going to score runs. It's going to be how many runs are they going to give up when you look at the Blue Jays?
0: And and that's exactly it. Now you know they're them playing Florida. They're launching balls out of the ballpark. I think this is the year for Vlad. You know, I just came back from Atlantic City. I sprinkled a little bit of money on Vlad for the MVP. Why? Because you know it's going to be one of these years. I'd rather get it at, at. 30-1 30-1 to one odds <laughs> than then at 5-1 to one odds, which one of these years it's going to be. I, I'm that high on him. And you're right. They have hitting, hitting, hitting to spare. Now, Springer is down. What I hear about him, and we spoke about this on the show this morning, uh, what I hear about George Springer going down is that this is kind of a core issue that might last with him for a little while. I We also know Kirby Yeach just went down with Tommy John. So they lost their two big offseason acquisitions. Their closer in the middle of the lineup bat, that might not be the same all year, Tim, Toronto just doesn't have the pitching. I think they're going to be competitive. I think they're going to be fun. They are. They might be the most fun team to watch. They're going to be competitive. They're going to be right in this thing. They're going to push. Uh, they're going to be over 500 for sure. But at the end of the day, Tim, how much of a threat can you really be if you look at this team and you go, they just don't have the pitching?
1: Ryu, Robbie Ray, Tanner Roark, Steve Matz, Nate Pearson, that's your rotation in in the uh, Florida Blue Jays.
0: Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's subpar. <laughs> How about Luis Castillo on that team, Tim? All of a sudden, yeah, I got yeah. a different outlook.
1: So, when you're handicapping, you mentioned the, the games being played in Florida in a it's not a Major League ballpark, correct?
0: Overs, overs, overs. The ball overs. flies. Oh. I. Look, I went down uh, right right by Safety Harbor. and This is in Dunedin. It's a town over. Um, I went down there. It, it's all Blue Jay territory over the the quarantine. Okay. Yeah, I did a lot of traveling during the quarantine for anybody that wants to ask me. Yes, I did. So <laughs> um, it, it's right there. The ballpark's tiny, man. It, not only is it tiny, the wind blows out. It's designed for home runs. You know minor league parks sometimes are designed to get people in the stands. Well, they, it's designed for home runs. You get a guy like Vlad, if he could all of a sudden start getting a little uppercut to a swing, he could hit 60 this year. I mean, this ballpark is tiny.
1: And I saved the Yankees for last, Tommy. I know you want to go out on a good note here. The Yanks add Kluber. Tally onto the rotation with Garrett Cole, who came off of a phenomenal season last year. Talk about the Yanks and how many games they win the East by.
0: Yeah, look, they're... They're going to win the East, okay, just because they're hitting is phenomenal. They have depth. But I do worry a little bit about them. Kluber, Tyon, that's nice. Domingo German is a piece of garbage, but okay. And I like Jordan Montgomery. But I like Debbie is behind them. I like the depth. I don't like the fact that, that we don't have a true number two, but I like the depth. And then you go to the bullpen. I thought the bullpen was nice, but Chapman shows some holes. Now, all of a sudden, your guy, Zach Britton, is out for the first half of the season. Chad Green goes into a very important role. I hope Darren O'Day makes the team. Or Darren O'Day, O'Day figures this thing out. you know He could be very dangerous as well. But there's bigger holes in the Yankees than I've seen. Here's the thing. I like that the Yankees are turning it over. Turn it over to Frazier. That's the, the likely guy that he needs to be there. Health. Stanton's got to stay healthy. One of these years, he's got to stay healthy. Judge has got to stay healthy. One of these years, I think Glaber Torres has a phenomenal season. I would say MVP, but we know that they'll never give the MVP to a New York Yankee. So Glaber Torres has an MVP type of year. DJ LeMayu. But look, at the end of the day, the Yankees, this offseason, talk about what they've done and all these great moves. They also lost a ton. They also lost Zach Britton for half a year. Luke Voigt for the first month and a half of the season. So I do have a little bit of concerns about them Um, right now early on. I think they gel. I wouldn't be surprised if the Yankees made a move. This is starting to have a window-closing sort of effect for the New York Yankees. Garrett Cole is going to start to become very loud. Okay, we have to win. I do believe that the Yankees run away with this division, and they seem like an unstoppable force by the time August comes around.
1: So I got the Yanks winning the division, Tom. I have Toronto with Bash Baseball winning about 85 to 86 games. I think that's good enough to squeeze a wild card in for the Jays. But ultimately, I have the Yankees winning the American League and taking on the Braves in the World Series. And uh, I'm going to go back to the 90s, except for this time, I have the Braves knocking the Yankees out to win the World Series title.
0: Yeah, I'm nearly the same way as you. I don't think that the Yankees really have a competitor in the American League. Uh, As I told you, I think your Angels win the West, so I'm not too scared of the Angels in the West. I'm not afraid of anybody in their division. The Central, it's the White Sox. They just lost Eloy, and we know Minnesota. Hey, Yankees, Minnesota in the playoffs. Uh, I have no concerns. I think the Yankees take on the Dodgers. I, I think we finally get the matchup of matchups. And when you start pitcher against pitcher, guy against guy, bullpen against bullpen, the Dodgers, they have a slightly more talent base. But I'm going to take the Yankees here, guys. I, I've, I've done it before. Usually I'm not a, a straight homer. I think the fact that people are almost overlooking the Yankees this year, just a slight tad, makes them more dangerous than I've seen. And I do. I will say this again. I do believe the Yankees have the ammunition and they will make a deal at the break. Maybe it's Luis Castillo for a package of, like, Miguel Andujar and someone. I do believe the Yankees are going to make this deal. They have Tachman. They have Andujar. They have even a Frazier can go. They have enough pieces to make a deal if they need to, and I don't even know if they need to, if Tyon and Kluber look anything like their former selves.
1: And I think, really, when you look at... um... the Yanks this was this was the season right Uh, you said give me three years this is the third year Tom you said I like them in three years
0: you know it it is and it's stay healthy I mean that's it if Stanton and Judge stay healthy this team and and obviously Cole this team can overcome just about anything And, and forget about even Stanton this is kind of a judge stays healthy the hitting is there the depth is there the pieces to trade are there we have some questions when you overall, not we, me, and the Yankees, but we as, as a community have questions about their starting rotation. You only need one of them, right? You only need Kluber or Tyon because Montgomery's going to be a number four, oh, number four and you're fine with that. Domingo German, Debbie Garcia, they, they have depth, They have everything that you are asking for and everything you want. And the biggest thing that they have, Tim, is no real dominant team In the American League. Houston's down. Oakland's down. Minnesota's down. The White Sox just got uh, dinged up a little bit. They don't have that team.
1: All right. I'm going to go Trout, MVP, American League. I'm going to go Cole, Cy Young, American League. I know, I'm not really going out on a limb here, right, Tom? Uh, National League, let's go Bauer, and... I'm gonna say let's go with let's go with Acuna to win the MVP. How about that?
0: I I like it. it. It makes a lot of sense. I'm I'm going slightly different than you in the American League. I'm going Vlad. I'm going Vlad just because it's got tremendous odds, and I actually just put money on it. Um, I don't know how much I actually believe it, but I think if Toronto has a good year, he's going to be the guy that reaps the reward. So I'll go him. Derek Cole. I told you guys one of my best plays of the year. He's only three and a half to one. I love him to win the Cy Young. I think he's head and shoulders the best pitcher in the American League. Over, on the other side, I know you have Acuna. I think Freeman takes too much away from him, so that's a a bad spot for me. You know, I wanted to say Nolan Arenado after doing all I just I just did, but I think Juan Soto might be the second best player in baseball to Mike Trout, so I'll go Juan Soto. And the National League Cy Young is so tight and so tough. I'm going out on a limb here, Tim. I'm saying Aaron Nola is the guy to go do it. Aaron Nola okay. coming into his own.
1: Can't argue that as well. Great show, Tom. Talk about Tom Barton Sports and the Sports Garden Network.
0: Yeah, guys, go check it out. We've got some plays. It's going to be baseball this week. We've got hockey. We've got NBA. Of course, the Final Four in the championship. We get it all for less than a hundred dollars. All you have to do is go to TomBartonSports.com. And again, guys, if you want to go check out that Carlos Baerga interview, real good stuff there, you can go to sportsgarton.com, listen to the show that we had on this morning.
1: All right, Tommy, thanks a lot. Have a good holiday, my friend.
0: Thank you very much. Also, the podcast is Wagering Week.
1: Wagering Week. For Tom Barton, for Damon Cotton, I'm Tim Uclesby. We'll talk to you in two weeks' time. Have a great holiday. Until then, Heatwave Sports, it's only on Fox Sports Radio, 989 FM, 1340 AM. Good night.